You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the name of him who was and who is and who is to come, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, in him. Have you ever had someone just walk up to you, just totally out of the blue, and, and just punch you? Whether it's in the, in the arm or in the gut, for just for no reason at all, just come up and, and give you a good, hard punch. It's kind of funny the things you remember from your childhood. Some of those memories, for me at least, have always been a little bit fuzzy. They, they come in, in bits and pieces, but this one, for some reason, really, really sticks out for me. It's a memory about my older brother. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Older brothers punch younger brothers for no reason all the time, right? Well, that's actually not it. It wasn't something he did, but rather something he said. He said to me, probably when I was about in third grade, he said, Jake, when you get older, people are just going to pick on you. They're going to punch you. They're going to hit you for absolutely no reason at all. And for some reason, that stuck with me. I think because at the time, I was afraid of getting hit. <laughs> and yet, as I grew older, I realized just how true those words were. And I think it may have just been a guy thing, guys making each other tougher or something like that. But you did have to kind of watch your back because there could be a punch coming at any moment and for absolutely no reason. I think our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, could relate to that. Although we would say the punches that he took were, were a little bit more vicious, a little bit more undeserved, and with cruel intent, right? The things we undergo in this life, such as physical punishment from friends or brothers, they're one thing, but being persecuted, being punished, being mistreated because of who you are, because of your faith, is an entirely different thing. As we look at our lesson today, we need to take a little bit of a step back. We heard the words of John 15, verses 26 and 27 today for our lesson. But in order to fully understand the work of the Holy Spirit, we need to go back to Jesus' words just prior to this as he leads up to this prophecy of the coming of the Holy Spirit. So listen carefully as Jesus speaks these words because it really is very important to understand these words when you understand the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Jesus says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. They have seen these miracles, and yet they have hated both me and my Father. They hated me without reason. In other words, Jesus is telling us here that being a Christian is not necessarily going to be the easiest thing in the world. It would be much easier for us to, to go back to our old way of life according to the sinful nature, to go back to the ways of the world, to the ways of the society and culture around us and just give in to them, give in to that way of living. As we see Jesus last week, 
during ascension time, ascending back up into heaven to be seated in power at the right hand of God Almighty, we, we think to ourselves, or we're tempted to think, well, Jesus, you, you just told us that life's not going to be all that, all that easy. People are going to be cruel to us, and now you're leaving us? What's going on here? But our gracious and loving Savior would never do such a thing to his children. And that's why today we marvel at his promise to us to be with us always, even to the very end of the age. That's why today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And why today we join with the disciples in saying, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come with the truth. The truth that testifies about Jesus. And come with the truth, the truth that keeps us in faith as witnesses of Jesus' work. Now you have to wonder about the disciples' state of mind around the time that Jesus was put on that cross and then all the way up to the ascension and Pentecost as well. What, what were the disciples thinking through all of this? You could probably see the fear that was there. You can probably see the fear that was there, for example, in the Garden of Gethsemane as the disciples fled when Jesus was arrested. You can probably feel that fear thick in the air in that locked room after Jesus was put to death where the disciples were cowering in fear of what those other Jews might do to them because they were two followers of Jesus. They were locked down because of that fear that they had, and that fear was then mixed with confusion. Confusion about all these things that were taking place. Could the Messiah really be dead? And then Jesus appears to them in that locked room, and they were thinking to themselves, could he really be alive? It's a, it's a ghost. Why hasn't he restored the kingdom of Israel yet, like we were expecting him to do? What is this all mean? Well, who is this Holy Spirit who he keeps talking to us about? And, and then the ascension, why, why is he going back up into heaven and, and leaving us here now that we finally have him back living among us and teaching us? And they just couldn't find, seem to find the answers to all these questions that they had. But there's a common thread here with all these questions, a recurring theme. And that's this, all these questions, all these fears, all this confusion that was existing there was because their minds weren't yet open to the truth. Their minds weren't yet open to the truth. Not that Jesus hadn't spoken the truth to them time and time again in his ministry. Not that he hadn't explained things to them in great detail exactly what was going to happen to him. They simply did not understand all these things that were taking place. And it's into that pool of fear and confusion that Jesus then sends the Holy Spirit. Or as he calls him in our lesson today, the Spirit of Truth. See, this disciple's way of thinking really very much parallels yours and mine. When we, or if we, ignore or reject the work of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. You see, the spirit of falsehood, 
The spirit of, I'll only believe what, what I can see with my eyes. The spirit of, I'll only put my faith in what brings me earthly joy and happiness and pleasure right here and right now. The spirit of, I'll do whatever it takes to make people like me. The spirit of me first. The spirit of, for example, more TV time instead of just a moment in God's word. The spirit of just another hour of sleep rather than an hour in God's house. The spirit of eat, sleep, and be merry because tomorrow we die. It's a very tempting spirit to follow in our day and age. But this spirit of falsehood can only lead to one place, to a point of fear and confusion about where to turn when things go wrong, when things aren't easy for us as Christians, when we face troubles and hardships. It can only bring us to a place of lingering fear about what our future holds for us. It can only leave us with this void in our lives and in our hearts that simply cannot be filled by anything that this world has to offer. And so when we are lost in sin, when we are afraid about what our future holds, when we are confused about our place in in this world or, or in God's kingdom as a whole, it's time to go back to the truth. It's time to speak those words that are the theme of our message here today. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is to show us and convince us of the truth, the undeniable truth. And there's only one way that that Holy Spirit works, with the truth that testifies about Jesus. There's a lot of misunderstanding in our world about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does for us in our lives and how he works in the end. Many people make him into this mystical, mythical, magical type of being who simply says, poof, and makes us into good Christians and makes us feel good and be happy. Others make him into this this life coach who kind of shows you the right way and guides you along that way. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't work with a magic wand. He doesn't work with a whistle. He works with God's word. Remember what Jesus says about him, that his work is to testify about me. That work of the Holy Spirit is never separated from God's word. From the truth of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of all, the Holy Spirit uses this means to open our hearts to see our Savior, to see the salvation that he has won for us on that cross, to see the sins forgiven through his blood and death, to marvel at his love and his grace, to be with us at all times, in all places, even to the end of the age. And it's there that he strengthens us for a life in this world that it can at times be very cruel to us, just as it was to our Lord and Savior. The irony is this. 
If we ignore that work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, yes, at times, in a certain sense, our lives will become easy. In the sense that, that the world may embrace us, the world may take us in, the world may make us one of their own and call us one of their own, but at the same time, in another sense, life becomes very hard because life becomes or continues to be then devoid of any hope and violent and fearful and confusing. But when that Holy Spirit continues to work on our hearts through the means that he has, the gospel in word and sacrament. Yes, our lives may become a little bit difficult, maybe even very hard at times. People may be cruel to us because they will not accept us, because they will despise and hate us just as Jesus says they will, because of our faith. And yet at the same time, life becomes in another sense very easy because we have the truth. The truth that testifies about Jesus. The truth that testifies and tells us that we are God's children, that we have life eternal with him in heaven waiting for us no matter what this world throws at us. The truth that we have hope, a sure and certain hope that cannot be taken away from us. And so just to recap what we've talked about today, the Holy Spirit comes to us with that truth that testifies about Jesus. He does this really in a very remarkable way through eyewitness accounts. The people that were there who saw Jesus, who heard him preach, who witnessed the miracles, the Spirit then inspired them to write down these words for us so that we too can be witnesses of Jesus of all that he did, of all that he said, of all that he brings to us. And his convincing, the Holy Spirit that is, his convincing is not just a one-time deal. It's not like a, a child with a, a, a little car that winds up where he pulls it back and lets it go and watches it bump off of this and crash off of that and then roll over a few times. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He doesn't just let us go to burn in the flames. Rather, he's with us every step of the way. He's working in us every step of the way through God's word, through those means of grace, through the gospel and word and sacrament. He's with us every day, every hour, convincing us time and time again that Jesus Christ is our one and only Savior, that we are God's dearly loved children, and then he goes on to use us as his instruments, as his tools to carry that same message which he has convinced us of, to bring that message as his witnesses to the world. And so it's our prayer today and every day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. With the truth that testifies about Jesus, and with the truth that keeps us in faith as witnesses of Jesus' work. Amen. Congregation, please rise. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, 
check us out online at risensavior.us.